0: Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job by investing in real estate so you never ever have to work a job again. And today I am bringing on a fantastic real estate investing expert who has successfully house hacked as well as did out-of-state investing, and she's gonna show us how she has done it and how you can do it too. Okay, let's start the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Man, can you believe that inflation in the United States right now, I mean, this is the beginning of 2022, inflation is basically 7%, at least the government is telling us it's 7% right now, which the government might not always be telling the accurate truth in everything. So I personally think it's probably closer to like 10%, if not more. In fact, what the government has literally been doing recently, actually since like the 1980s, but since 1980 they changed the way that they calculate inflation. And so before, they used to account for a lot of different things like how much bread costs and all that sort of stuff into the inflation numbers that the government gives out. And since 1982, it has changed. They changed back in 1982 of what they account for inflation. And you and I know if we go to the <laughs> if we go to the store to go buy bread, it is so much more expensive. You go buy milk, milk is so much more expensive. Everything is literally more expensive. I went and bought some socks and some underwear, and it was $42. Sorry for giving my laundry list, but literally laundry list, but uh, it was literally $42, and this was from Walmart. It wasn't from any place that was like, you know, some fancy place. I shop at Walmart because I'm frugal. You guys know I'm frugal. But when you're thinking about inflation, you're thinking about, oh my goodness, the power of my money is going less and less, not going nearly as far. Now, there is nothing better than two things to protect yourself from inflation. Number one is gold and silver or precious metals. That is literally what our money was valued off of. And before America went off of the gold standard, Nixon, silly Nixon, took us Off the gold standard, basically our dollar bill was a monetary value of what was held in gold. Like basically the government said, we have this much gold, here is the value of the dollar that you could spend. And, you know, you basically have that gold, trade the gold for dollar. And since Nixon took us off of the gold standard, basically we don't have that gold anymore from our government to back the dollar, it is now on the faith and credit that the government is gonna pay you back. That's literally only thing that's of value is that the government will say, we will make sure that these notes are good. So, what the bad thing is now, though, is that we are getting inflation. Prices of everything is going up dramatically, and the value of our dollar is getting less and less and less. So, gold is number one. If you buy gold and silver, hold on to that. That's where you store the value of your money. If you buy gold and hold on to it, the value is stored in that gold. Gold has always been the store of value from the beginning of history, and it will always still be the store of value from here on in the future. And if you hold your money in gold, inflation won't really even affect you because the gold is the standard. The other thing that you really need to have is real estate. If you have real estate, that's going to protect you against inflation. In fact, your properties that you buy, they're going to appreciate over time and be worth more money. Even if inflation just jacks up, and gets higher and higher and higher. That real estate is locking in the money that you have right then and there and then makes more money. Like gold will go up over time just because it takes more dollars, you know, currency from the American government to buy that same gold. Same thing with real estate investing. You buy one property. Now, in my opinion, you buy a rental property. that makes you $250 a month in passive income or more so that you don't have to work a job. And you buy 10 properties. And that's $2,500 a month, $30,000 a year, 20 properties, that's $5,000 a month without working. That's passive income, $60,000 a year in passive income. And so you buy the rental properties. They go up over time in value. At the same time, you're making passive income. You are gonna be making money on that money that you put into a property. I even have some students that don't even use their own money. Like they're not working jobs, saving money, and then buying a house with that money. No, they are actually giving private money, hard money lenders, doing creative financing, seller financing, they're doing other ways to get financing for these properties. So they have no money out of their pocket and they still make $250 or more in passive income. And the value of that is going up and up, value of the property is going up and up so real estate is one of the best ways to protect yourself against inflation. So you really need to start buying real estate right now. In fact, much more so than ever, even though you might be thinking, wow, the prices are high right now. Yeah, but we have no idea if and when something's going to happen where it's going to come down. We only know that we can lock in the value of our money right now in a property that makes us $250 or more. And rental properties is just one way of buying real estate. You could buy multi-family or hotels, which I literally just invested in a hotel with my friends, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb at Good Egg, Good Egg Investments. They are going to be a part of the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, teaching them syndication, basically multi-family investing. They're fantastic. And so I invested in a hotel, like literally two hotels I put my money in as a passive investor. They're taking care of all the work and I'm making money on that. You can do land investing. You can do mobile homes. You can, well, not necessarily mobile homes, themselves, but the parks, in my opinion, best in mobile home parks, not the mobile homes themselves because those are depreciating, not assets, liabilities, in my opinion. From there, you can also do self-storage. There's Airbnb, short-term, communal living, all these sort of things. We're going to be talking about all this stuff at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. You really want to be here because you're going to be learning all the different ways and being around the experts who literally are teaching how to do this. And again, you know this, this is not a sales pitch type conference. Most conferences for real estate, they there's a session and it's a big hype and sales pitch and everything is so hyped about. Now run to the back and go give us, you know the, the first 10 people are gonna give us eighty thousand dollars, but we'll cut it in half and it'll only be forty thousand dollars for you. you know, it's it's so ridiculous. This is a no sales pitch conference. You have to be there. Go to rewbcon.com, ncom The Link will be in the description. Use my promo code, which is Dustin. Just use the word Dustin and get your ticket and come hang out with us here in Phoenix. It's going to be literally a meetup where we're all going to be hanging out together on the Friday night. I'm going to have an MPI or a Master Passive Income meetup. So anybody who's a part of Master Passive Income that's at the conference, we're probably going to meet up with some restaurant and just hang out and just really get to know everybody. All the students are going to be there. I am so blessed that there are so many people from the podcast and from the students and everything that are a part of Master Passive Income that are literally signed up. They're going to be there at the conference. It's going to be fantastic. So get your tickets right now before the tickets go up. Actually, the price is going to go up. The early bird is going to be going up pretty soon. Now, I'm bringing on a fantastic expert, one of my friends. She is a fantastic expert investor, and now she's even growing her business even more, bringing on other investors to invest money with her. She's doing a fantastic job. She's been on the show before, fantastic person that will also be teaching and and educating us at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. She is going to be helping us to do the same things as she did. And so I brought her on because I want to see where she's at. Last time I interviewed her was like two years ago. Now she's grown her business even more and is very successful. I want to bring on my friend, Sunitha Rao. She is a fantastic lady that's going to be helping us learn how to invest in real estate. Suni, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be back on it. Um, I think I spoke with you right when I was starting like my company, right when I was starting like the podcast journey, when I first moved to Indianapolis, so it's pretty cool to be back on with you. I think it's been like two years, right, since we spoke?
0: It has. And I, so I don't remember which episode in it. So check in the link in the description if to find Sunitha's um, uh, first episode where she walks through her history being an Olympic tennis player and getting into it. So this episode, what I really want to do is talk about what you've done since then and then how you're growing now. But I do want people to know who you are. So give us a big, broad overview of your journey as being a real estate investor.
1: I think earlier parts of my journey really have influenced my need for autonomy and entering real estate. So um, a lot of that was influenced by my very early years as a professional tennis player. I played tennis um, for 10 years on tour, Um, played all the slams, was in the Beijing Olympics, and it was a great experience. Um, I really loved that I could kind of, have my own schedule. I, I was obviously like my success also depended upon my opponent and like some of the luck of the job, but I had a very heavy influence on how successful I could be by how hard I worked and the decisions I made. So then fast forward, I left the sport, um, didn't have any money, um, ended up quitting because of lack of resources. And I was like, okay, what next? You know? And for me, that was, let's find a stable income. What is that? That's a job. <laughs> That is a job. So I sacrificed a lot. Um, uh, went back to college. Went back to undergrad. Took remedial high school classes. Um, joined a multinational defense firm. Got an MBA, and was just like, "Let's go, let's do this." And then I realized, you know, all of my time, whether I wanted to make that decision or not, um, is devoted to that job. Like, no, everything it comes before everything, and. Th- after that and a couple other instances, I realized, you know, uh, this job is, uh, is influencing so much of my financial status. It's influencing my entire financial status, let's be honest. And um, my, so many of my life choices were dependent upon the, that financial st- status dictated by that job. So I was like, I need to diversify. I need to figure things out. I need to have more autonomy. Again, I need to feel like I have better control of my life and what I can do with it. So I started looking into personal finance. I got into, was interested in couponing for a little bit. Definitely travel hacking. I still travel hack, but there's still like such a ceiling with that. There's only so many um, quarters you can save on toothpaste and there's only so many days you can travel when you have that job, like maximum 15 days, you know, and then you're back to it. And I eventually stumbled on real estate and was like, this is for me. I was two years ahead of undergrad. So I went into undergrad, not making any money. Um, didn't make any money during undergrad and then was just starting to save up. And then I hit grad school. When I was in grad school and working full-time was when I discovered real estate, didn't have money, really didn't have much time. Lack of money was a temporary kind of thing, you know, situation. So I just studied every minute I had, every podcast I could listen to on my hour and a half commute to work and back, et cetera. And um, it took me about two years to finally like get to the point where I felt like A, I knew enough and B, I had a little nest egg saved to invest. And so then I started investing. Living in Boston, um, having a single desk job making, I think at the time I was maybe making like 60K a year, I couldn't get into the half a million, million dollar homes and or duplexes that were even outside the burbs of Boston in like maybe the middle class areas or even some some of the slightly lower class areas. I just couldn't afford it, you know. Um, so then I found long distance investing. And that was scary and that was tough. <laughs> um, but that is something that I'm very passionate about because um, it really helped me change my life. And so many of so much of the U.S. population is concentrated in these larger cities where the jobs are, where the universities are. That's where a lot of people with discretionary income live. And that's where they also have these situations where they're kind of handcuffed to their job because they have that mortgage. They have like the high cost of living, et cetera, et cetera. So like I'm really passionate about sharing the opportunities from long distance investing, because I think that really has the ability to make it an impact on a lot of lives. I started investing my first year, about five doors, um, all long, they, at the time, all long distance, all long term, and two were conventionally financed and one was financed on a seller financing slash like, I think it was like a land contract, because I realized pretty quickly I was running out of money and I needed to be kind of creative to figure out how to keep going. That year, the year I started investing was really tough. So I, I was at that time, I was working in biopharma. I was um, in finance, supporting C-level execs. I was finishing well, was halfway through my MBA program at Villanova. And then I started buying properties halfway across the country. And I just felt so much pressure um, from all of these things. And the least of which that I wanted to pay attention to was... <laughs> Was that job, you know, because I didn't feel like anybody really cared about me. They just kept like asking me for more things. And I was, and it was just very, very competitive. And I was like, I need to change a pace and I need to not be in my car for three hours a day commuting. So I already had houses in Indiana. And I was like, I guess I'm moving to Indiana. Let's just go. So I moved out here and then transitioned into being a local investor. Since I already had a couple properties and I had a team in place, I just kind of, kept rolling with it. At the time, it was easier than building out a new team, and it's worked out pretty well for me so far. So fast forward, I've been here in Indiana almost three years. Um, I have nine doors. They are mostly long-term rentals. I live in one. I'm house hacking a duplex, and I have one short-term rental. Over the course of the next year, I will be transitioning definitely two of my rentals into Airbnbs because the locations are really good. And like my one test case has been really good to me. And um I am working on entering the flip market with property values increasing. It's nice to have like another source of additional income, of active income. And um yeah I've basically done whatever I could to get into properties, whether that's like I've started using private money. That was not a thing when um you and I spoke last like I work with private investors to give them a really good like interest rate um for like a debt position and I'll exit them in a year so I'm able to get into properties that way I get to properties through house hacking so low uh down payments for owner occupant financing and I live there for a year, fix it up and get a tenant in and um yeah, that's kind of I guess the holistic of how I am where I am today.
0: Yeah. And the reason why I'm bringing you to the real estate wealth, those conferences, because you're an investor. We don't need people that just speak about this stuff. No, we want people who are investors who are literally doing it right now, because I've learned so much more when I learned from other people's either mistakes or successes and being around great people like yourself. Now, you also told me that you have also done a wholesale of, was it a mobile home park or something? Like, tell me about that. That sounds pretty interesting.
1: Uh, it was pretty chaotic. Um, one of my, like one of the things that is really important to me is to like say yes to any opportunity that comes where even if you don't know what it is, go all in and figure it out. And so um, one of that, one of those things was podcasting. So I went on like social media, I started talking to people and I didn't really know the end result, but I figured, you know, this can't hurt. I'm broadening my network. People are reaching out to me. I'm learning, et cetera. This is great. Adding I'm adding value to others. Um, It was just fantastic. Well, one of the people who heard me on one of my podcasts was a local investor and reached out to me.
0: And hey, guys, get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. And I'll give you, literally give you my real estate investing course showing you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first, how to scale the business, buy the right properties, making $250 or more every single month in passive income. I'll literally just give it to you. You can get started investing right away. Text the word rental to 33777.
1: One of the people who heard me on one of my podcasts was a local investor and reached out to me. Turns out his his parents owned a mobile home park two hours away. Um, and his dad had gotten older and could no longer, it'd been a couple of years. It kind of like fallen into disrepair and they definitely could not like contain it any longer. They could not maintain it at all. And he was like, yeah, so I'm looking to figure this out. I think we need to sell this. Do you want to buy it? And I was like, what? I mean, mobile home parks, like they are very, they have very high returns, you know, there's a few, there are fewer and fewer of them. I've heard a lot of good things. So I was like, you know, I don't know, but I'll take a look and I'll figure it out.
0: That's a fantastic answer. So one thing I tell all my students or students and as well as my kids, it's like, we'll figure it out. Like that's what we do as entrepreneurs, investors, people who are basically, we're not working for somebody else. We will be problem solvers. We'll figure out a way to make whatever it is that's in front of us, we'll figure a way either through it, around it, over it or whatever. We'll make sure we get it done. Now, as long as it's a good deal. If it's not a good deal, then we'll figure out, hey, we got to make it a good deal. But figuring it out is one of the best things and and being a problem solver. So, continue your story, but I just want to definitely emphasize that being a problem solver, that's what you are and you've it's or you you've shown over and over again throughout your entire career of being a real estate investor is hey, uh, there's a problem in front of me. Let me solve this problem or let me figure this out. So that's a fantastic characteristic trait to have. So go ahead and keep finishing your story.
1: Yeah, so um, also through the podcasting, I met someone, uh, this woman who is such a boss. Um, She was a doctor. She is a doctor. She has two kids and she's like trying to build this legacy for them, you know? And she's like, if you ever want to talk about mobile home parks, and this was actually before this deal came came to me. And she's like, if you ever want to talk about mobile home parks, Or funding. I also do some like note investing. I do this, do that. She's done all kinds of like, she's done all kinds of investing in the last like four or five years. It's like truly phenomenal. So uh, she reached out to me through, after hearing um, about this. And so after I got the call from him, I was like, hmm, she didn't have the direct experience for the kind of mobile home park we then encountered. (laughs) But we agreed to partner on the deal. We both went down to like Evansville, Indiana. It's about two hours south of Indianapolis. And the place was like really dilapidated, kind of falling apart um, in pretty rough shape. And we like tried to figure out to make a way to make it work. And with me being two hours away and the kind of tenants and the kind of work it needed, like it basically needs to be rebuilt from the ground up. And without me having built out a specific mobile home park network, In that area and already having my portfolio here and my full-time job here etc like two hours away I was like I can't and the level of returns it would bring I was like I can't build that out this is a completely new asset you know that is going to require a ton of way more capital than I had you know even part with us partnering things would be pretty tight and we were like this is a great deal but it's a bad deal for us and our resources in terms of what we can put in and what like we don't want to do this to necessarily make our lives a lot lot harder and a lot worse you know so we were like okay we have options we can get into it fix up a couple do a little bit of value add exit we can try to stay in it for as long as we can and then have that cash flow or we can assign it and as we were going through and realizing okay like one used to produce meth. there's another like seven yeah another seven that like had been vacant for 10 years and hoarders had lived in them. there's all kinds of stuff the ceilings were falling down. there's a tree growing inside one of the houses all the like <laughs> laying and stuff not pecs all the plumbing had burst like we were just like, okay, so this is this is a really big project. How about we see if we can take our money and go? <laughs> So yeah. what actually happened was because I negotiate when I went in negotiating, one of the things I always do with every property, every deal is if I exit tomorrow, can I still make some money off of it? You know, and I negotiated to the point where there was, it was still attractive. There was still an equity bump for us, just with the land itself, let alone the existing park, etc. While we were going through this process, I shared a little bit on social media and someone actually commented on one of my posts and he and I connected a week later. He's got parks throughout and he lives, I think in Michigan, he used to be in California, moved to Michigan, and now has parks like all over Indiana, all over Michigan, already has like an infrastructure set up in the state of Indiana, you know, so we were talking and at the point I wasn't going to sell. But then when we realized you know like maybe we just make some money and we uh, find deals that are more in our wheelhouse and an asset class that's a little bit more in our wheelhouse I called him back and I was like you know I'm actually gonna sell this park um, I have, I've already set, I set up the contract so that I could assign it that meant I didn't I didn't have to be the one to close on it I could give the contract to someone else if I decided it didn't work for me which is something I thought might happen with being new to this Totally new asset class and everything else we had to do. So um yeah, this guy through social media met him and he we negotiated um an assignment fee. I made I made I think I think I made like five or six thousand dollars, which isn't bad given that, yeah. And then my partner made the same, I believe. And we were like, okay, like a month of work, not really that bad. A couple weekends, a couple phone calls, like. That works. So that's, yeah, I somehow. That's a, that's a whole new skill
0: now, too, that you have.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now I know about mobile home parks. I understand what it takes to wholesale them. <laughs> so
0: and so if it wasn't for the connections that you have, like the the not necessarily a community, but like the network that you have built up. Like if you were just going to the MLS, buying a property, and then finding a renter. And not expanding your network, meeting more people, talking to other investors, really just reaching out to other people because that's how you and I met. You came up to me and said, "Hey, I invest," and I said, "Well, so do I. Let's, let's let's chat." And so because of that, things happen. Like ideas happen, deals come through, and so like that one lady that said, "Hey, I would love to. Like I've done mobile home parks. Let's let's maybe work on on a on a property." then you had the ability to connect everything together. We had somebody selling, somebody who has potential, the, the money or the capability, started going down that route. And then you realized, hey, we can even just wholesale it. This other investor who is part of our your network connected all, that's, that's literally all four of you connecting together to make something benefit the, the sellers, as well as the buyers, as well as yourself. So having a network is just fantastic. And that's another big reason why I'm bringing you to the real estate wealth builders conference to speak because teaching people how to invest out of state. That's a lot of work. Like that's a lot of people like gets them out of their minds thinking they have to invest in their own local area. But at the same time, you're really good at connecting people, you're really good at networking and really making people feel at home. And so with you coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders, I know you are also going to be sharing about, like, out of state. Tell us, tell us a little bit about the um, the aspect of your talk and your session and what you're going to be talking about. Give us a broad overview about your session at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to be focused on long distance investing um, and the process of it. So first, I'm going to talk about what the benefits are. Of investing long distance, the aspects of diversification that I think some people would be surprised by, like business cycles and real estate being very local, like each one is different. You know, talking about um, repeatability, talking about cash flow, talking about just different aspects where I think people something some things might not um, be as easily viewable until you actually hop in it, you know, and like you you basically learn the strategy that you can then repeat other places. For example, you don't just have to stay in that one market once you figure out how to do it. After these last few years of being in real estate, starting off as a long distance investor, a lot of my network is still made up of long distance investors, you know? So I definitely want to talk about like the drawbacks and challenges that they faced and I faced and kind of perspectives and mind just to help overcome them so that you can kind of elongate your journey in this so that you don't get so frustrated and stressed out that you just burn out and you're like never again because real estate truly is like one of the most like equitable wealth builders available to us. Right. Um so to have people get frustrated and not want to continue that I feel like that will be a tragedy. So talk about the benefits, talk about the jobs and then talk about the kind of journey so into into longest investing so like what do you have to ask yourself what is the personal inventory you have to take to figure out your strategy your location your criteria that sort of thing what what kind of internal work do you need to do to make sure you make decisions that are the best fit for your life okay so then there's like the analysis of the area we have macro we have micro macro you have the entire u.s to invest in where which city are you going to pick which state are you going to pick like there's so many options it seems really overwhelming right like even me just thinking about now i'm like oh There's a lot out there. So, like, what are the factors that you would look at to choose what will be the right fit for you? Um, and then when you choose a city, like there's millions of houses, maybe not millions, don't quote me on that, but there are a lot of houses in each city. So where? It's all about real estate success comes down to location a lot of times as well, right? So, what locations within a city? Like, how do you determine? What pockets will be good for you? and What pockets will be bad for you? Because that also is enough to make break success. Then lastly is the team. So you can do all the analysis. You can do all the personal inventory. You can have all the resources. You can pick the perfect house in the perfect city with the perfect strategy for what you bring to the table. If you have people who poorly manage the house you purchased, all of that doesn't really matter, right? Like if you have a, a, a property manager who upcharges or doubles the costs of a work orders and then takes a kickback for it you're losing money if you can't reach your agent to put an offer on a house you can't grow your portfolio you know like if you can't if a pipe bursts and you need to call a plumber and your gc won't answer like you're not going to have tenants and you're not going to have a functioning home
0: it's going to be great i'm so pumped that you're going to be sharing on that cuz like i said like at RubeCon, we're going to have literally experts who have literally done this and figured out the right way to do it. So definitely everybody, you need to be at RubeCon. Go to rewbcon.com, ncom RubeCon.com. Get your tickets right now. I'm going to be hanging out there with all, we have literally 27 speakers. So Sunitha, you've been to plenty of conferences. You've been to plenty of, of other events. Now talk to us a bit about community and like what you're looking forward to at RubeCon and just meeting all these other great investors who are speakers but also other great people that are going to be there at the conference
1: the community of real estate investors that i've met since i think the conference the conference where i met you um two years ago like they have just changed my life both in terms of like friendship emotional support solidarity Um, i always make the joke that real estate investors are a little bit crazy because it's a hard road (laughs) who would want to do this you know and no it's like well i won't say no one but like statistically there are very few people around us who think like we do. I found it very, when you're in the general population, when you're you're going every day to your job, like how many people do you know that are like, yeah, I invest in real estate. I'm into passive income. I'm into building multiple income streams. If you are in that job, that's probably a really awesome place to like mastermind different income streams, et cetera. But that's not the norm, you know? So finding other people who will be there to truly understand your success and your successes and your disappointments, that's just uh, that's invaluable. When I met you, it was at FinCon 2020? I think it was 2019. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, So that was my first foray into building my network. And that was a suggestion that didn't even come from a real estate investor, but he was like, you need to go. It would be good. I just moved to Indianapolis. I literally had like, I just bought five houses. I didn't have like any money, hardly. And then I met at that conference. Um, I met Elizabeth Colgrove. Um, she's the one who does all the like short to midterm rentals out in California, right? And to get to that conference, it caught, It was like maybe fifteen hundred for me. But at that time, like fifteen hundred was a, I mean 1500 is a lot of money. But at that time, it was a lot of money. I was like, what <laughs> am I doing? Like, what I don't, I cannot afford this right now. But I went and just like the one meeting, just. This happened in other parts of my business but I call out Lisa specifically because she was the most impactful. She helped me launch my first Airbnb. It took it from a $400 a month long-term rental to where it's now it's been netting over $1000 a month. A 400 square foot 1900, 1900 built like cottage house, two story like and that's just one aspect. She's now the same person is now arbitraging my latest rental that I just bought for 10% over market. And doing that on Airbnb so that she can make a higher cost of living or a higher um, return in a new area and test out her long distance arbitrage skills in the Airbnb space, you know. And then like that's just like the start, you know. I my network has been instrumental to my success. It is this is all about the this being successful in this business. All about like the people you know and then executing on that and adding value to others. Because let's be honest, who's gonna give you stuff if you can't? give stuff in return. Everyone wants to be kind, but if someone after a while, like even the biggest givers get a little bit tired when they feel like they're being, you feel like you're a little bit taken advantage of, right?
0: Yeah. And so thinking of, because that's the thought that definitely went through my mind as I first started going to conferences, I was like, you know, the cost of ticket isn't all that much, but you add on time, flights, hotel, uh, you know, food, like you you add all that together. It does cost, it's much more than just, just a ticket. But here's what happened with me. So even though all that cost, like you like you said, $1,500, I've made dramatically, not just dramatically, like explosively so much more from that $1,500 cost to go to whatever conference it was. From networking, from community, from all the people around me, my, my income has literally just skyrocketed from there as well as my influence, my network and everything. Because if you go by yourself or you try to do all this business, any business by yourself, it's so hard. Why not be around people who are great people that want to help you and you help them? Like you said, I mean, there are times where I'm like, okay, this person is literally a taker. I'm not going to be talking to so many other people who would be not not as much of a taker that I'm going to go hang out with. But what's great about the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is the 27 plus speakers that we have, we're all givers. I, I actually carefully weeded out some speakers that weren't going to be a good fit because we wouldn't say they were anything negative about them, they just didn't fit. I wanted people who were givers, people who said, I just want to help people. Like you, Sanitha, like you're not selling any courses, you don't have it. you just want to help people and connect people and benefit everybody in real estate investing. So it's fantastic that you're going to be there. So, okay, so Sanitha, people want to want to learn how to maybe invest with you or you know just keep in contact with you. How can they do that?
1: They can learn more about me through my website, com. That's G R I. FFIX property group. And they can also connect with me on Instagram, uh, which I be- which I believe is S-U-N-I underscore R-A-O underscore. We'll look that up and put that in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm accessible through both of those platforms.
0: Fantastic, man. SUNY, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm super excited. We get to hang out again. I was bummed this last conference that you and I were both at literally for like two seconds. <laughs> we got to say hi, but I couldn't find you the rest of the conference. Yeah. So I was like. My goodness, this is so irritating. The <laughs> great thing about the, yeah, Rupcon is going to be so intimate. Like we have probably two, maybe 300 people there at most. It's going to be so intimate. You're going to see everybody. You're probably able to meet every single person there. So, yeah, Sudie, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you. Oh,
1: thanks for having me. This is, as always, super fun chatting with you and looking forward to the conference.
0: And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental at 33777. R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. You can also join my Real Estate Wealth Builders group coaching, get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya.